0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This week on the Chicago Bears Review, the Bears kicked off the 2014 regular season on Sunday with a visit from the AFC East Buffalo Bills looking to get this year's campaign off on the right foot at Soldier Field. Did we get the result we wanted, or are we trying to find out what went wrong? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 1 Review episode of The Chicago Bears Review! Yeah. So, um, yeah, that happened yesterday, and um, <laughs> you know it's it's hard to put a pretty face on something that was so ugly. You know what I mean? What's going on, everybody? Larry D back the Week One review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and we were hoping, uh, steadfast and confident, that we would be having a victory episode today when the Buffalo Bills were coming into town. Uh, Uh, a place where they hadn't won a game ever. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, that all changed uh, yesterday after our defense gave up 193 yards on the ground and uh, after the Bears committed three turnovers that generated 13 of Buffalo's 23 points on Sunday. In the end, it really was the margin of victory. Uh, You know, it's like I'll break down the stats for you on paper Aside from the turnover battle, uh, the Bears won everywhere else. Uh, they won in total offense. They won a time of possession. First downs was two to one. You know, third down conversions, everything, top to bottom, uh, except for rushing yards, which the ones that they gave up, and the turnover battle. That was the difference uh, in the game. And uh, you know, even even despite. Um, you know 193 yards without those turnovers we still win the game um yeah so anyway they uh they blew it yesterday they lost the game and uh you know had to come from behind just to send it to overtime but uh you know there were some missed opportunities along the way and we'll talk about those uh as we go along with uh the return of everybody's favorite regular season segment bear up and bear down and it's it's going to be a short segment this week not a whole lot of people kind of stood out as far as being uh mvps or being you know most unvaluable players but uh there's a list and, and i'm sure that most of you know who will and uh who will be on each list and uh we'll we'll get to that when we come to it so but uh Enough of the formalities, let's go ahead and dive right in. It's the review episode, so let's talk about what happened on Sunday between the Bears and the Bills. Let's go ahead and dive right in with the first quarter knee-jerk reaction. <laughs>
2: knee jerk reaction to the first quarter of the bears and the bills. And it was a, uh it started off pretty well. Uh, the Bears got a three and out from Buffalo on the first drive and followed up with a four-play drive, and uh, which Cutler was three for three through a touchdown pass to Martellus Bennett. In that first drive, the Bears, you know, hit a big play downfield to Alshon Jeffrey, really picking up where they left off last year as far as being explosive on the offensive side of the ball. When Buffalo got the ball back, however, they drove the football down the field, giving us shades of the 2013 Bear defense. They were running in the ball very well that that uh, that fear that I had in the preseason, where the middle of the field was open, there were some big plays downfield to Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, that ended up with a touchdown for uh, EJ Manuel, basically bootlegging into the into the end zone for the score. Um, the Bears um, got a little bit of movement in the next drive, but we ultimately had to punt the ball away. Um, we're not running; we've only run the ball twice so far in the ball game. We've run about ten or eleven plays in the first quarter, almost all of them have been passes. Forte is like two carries for five yards uh at this point. Uh we tried to get a little bit too fancy uh in that second drive. There was a flea flecker uh attempt that did not go well. Uh there was a bubble screen play that uh you know Cutler wasn't able to get the ball all the way out to Josh Morgan where he was on the field. So I think going into the second quarter, just do what we do be more straightforward throw the passes get the ball downfield uh start running the ball to get forte some more uh running uh with the ball and such in the second quarter and i think we'll be okay but right now it's uh it's seven seven at the end of one and buffalo was we just had third down so they're going to be punting to us to start the second
1: <laughs> it was that second drive that bothered me obviously a whole lot more than the first one did the first one uh, basically went the way that we as Bear fans thought it would go against this Buffalo team that, that a lot of us maybe arrogantly felt was inferior to us uh, going into the game on Sunday. You know, our first foray onto the field on offense, four plays, 69 yards, boom, we're on the board before our defense even got a chance to get their seat warms on the bench. They got to get back out there on the field again and protect this lead. You know they have to get on out there, and um, you know, like I said, it was Cutler was three for three, had a big play for about forty yards downfield to Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, it was a beautiful throw, beautiful, beautiful throw. And you know, we just had that one run with with Forte that got about two three yards uh, on the first carry, but it was that second drive, the second drive that was a little bit more, you know, like I said, Tresman just trying to get a little too clever. Uh, for his own good and it would come back to bite him later on in the game uh as well with uh in the th- what was the third and it was the fourth quarter and we'll talk about it when we get to the when we get to the fourth quarter but you know we, we we tried to do the flea flicker it didn't go that well it was rushed i mean there was uh pressure up the middle so basically as soon as forte got the ball he turned around and gave it right back to jay and you know there wasn't one really any time for the receivers to get downfield it didn't go off well uh then we tried to do a, a little bubble screen uh out to josh morgan like i said the ball didn't get there it was uh, he was either too far out or jay misjudged how far out he was the ball skips off the ground before it lands in morgan's hands and so on the ball you know the drive stalls out and we end up having to uh to punt the ball away you know the second quarter was I mean, and that was the first quarter where we, we had the flashes. We showed that we could move the ball down the field with relative ease. Um, you know, we, we had that good stand on on the first offensive possession uh, for Buffalo. We, you know, stuffed them here, stuffed them there, ended up getting a three-on-out uh, there. It the, You know, the very beginning of the game was like, yeah, yeah, this is how we want this to go. But then after they drove the length of the field on us, um, it became that um, – that read option play that was, that was going to be hurtful uh, to us because apparently we were very aware of how well Buffalo can run the ball but completely unaware of the fact that E.J. Manuel could run the ball himself because we got smoked on that play more than once throughout the course uh, of the football game. But, uh, you know, as you'll hear me talk about in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, heading into halftime, <laughs> I was really scratching my head.
2: A knee jerk reaction to the Bears and the Bills in the second quarter, and the theme to the second quarter was turnovers. The Bears gave up two turnovers: a Brandon Marshall fumble, a Jay Cutler interception that resulted in ten points for the Buffalo Bills. And it looks at this point, as the second quarter closes, it's looking like Buffalo's got our number on defense because Anthony Dixon just had a big run. They were deep in their own territory, ended up getting all the way out to midfield before the before the ball stalled. The Bears were backed up in their own uh, end zone. They ran one play as they're walking into the into the uh, locker room right now. So if, if not for the turnovers, who knows where it would be. But uh, two turnovers turn into ten points for Buffalo and the Bears go into the locker room down by ten. But we do start with the ball in the second half, so we'll see what happens uh, in the last thirty minutes. Okay. <laughs>
1: when your defense plays the way that our defense played in the second quarter turnovers are gonna be the death of you uh, and in the end that that turned out to be the end result because turnovers more than anything is what cost the bears a victory uh in this one you know the brandon marshall fumble and th- it was surprising because brandon marshall's brandon marshall doesn't fumble you know he doesn't turn the football over but uh to have the ball pop out on him there uh you know the buffalo bills recover. They turned that, um, you know, they turned that into points. It was it was disappointing. Uh, the Bills started getting a bit more freedom with, with running the football. E.J. Manuel only threw the ball 22 times or 23 times, 22, 23 times uh, on, on Sunday. I mean, Jay Cutler literally doubled up on everything that he did, that E.J. Manuel did. Uh, E.J. Manuel had 16 completions. Jay Cutler had 34 um uh, EJ Manuel had like 22 23 uh pass attempts Cutler had 49 uh EJ Manuel had like 168 yards passing Cutler threw for almost 350 uh and then the worst part and the best part uh two touchdowns for Jay one touchdown for Manuel one interception for Manuel two for Jay so he literally doubled him in everything on Sunday even touchdowns uh in interceptions but um you know the interception to Martellus Bennett. That was uh, it, it. You know, it depends on who you talk to, to if you want to uh, place blame or fault on on why that play happened. Uh, Martellus Bennett wasn't looking for the ball. He blames himself for not looking for it. The ball was way behind uh, Cutler on, or excuse me, way behind uh, Bennett. So it wasn't a good throw. And, and Corey Graham came down with the uh, with the interception on that one. Uh, it's yeah it, it's frustrating to to think about frustrating to talk about just because we know we didn't lose to a better team on Sunday that didn't happen uh, we knew that we beat ourselves more than the Buffalo Bills beat us and that was because had it not been for our mistakes Buffalo would not have won this game on Sunday it's just that simple so uh, you know it's it's gonna be a hard pill to swallow, especially staring down the barrel of an 0-2 start when we're going to San Francisco uh, on Sunday night. So it's it's uh, it's definitely tough. But uh, you know as I was saying, with the defense having our number, Buffalo was starting to be able to move the ball relatively easily, and and you know for the most part uh, we were having you know we were we were having success we were getting them off the field buffalo was only f- 4 for 12 on third down uh, throughout the entire football game so it's it's not like buffalo was was basically blowing us off the ball or you know they were keeping you know long 12 14 play drives uh, or anything like that uh, the scoring drives for buffalo were short because they were result of turnovers So they never and and the the turnovers that occurred weren't ones that happened deep in their own territory and they had to drive the length of the field or anything like that. These were always all of the turnovers happened at or around midfield, giving Buffalo the short field to have to manage, uh, you know, their own drives. One in particular uh, was a one play drive that, that put the Buffalo up 17 to seven after the interception. Uh, Corey Graham almost took it all the way back for a touchdown, and it was a one-play drive on on the bootleg again. It was, you know, faking the read option, and I think it was Fred Jackson, whoever the running back in the the field, uh, whoever the back in the backfield was at the time, wide open in the flat, goes into the end zone untouched because we bit so hard on the fake, he was wide open to just walk in Uh, to the end zone. It killed us more than once like I said on on Sunday so it was disappointing to watch the Bears go down like that but as you hear me talk about in the third quarter the roles were reversed and it seemed like the the Bears were were getting back on track. Knee
2: jerk reaction to the Bears and the Bills in the third quarter and as bad as the second quarter was to watch with the two turnovers resulting in the ten points for Buffalo, it's a the opposite. It was just as good to watch for the Bears uh, in the third quarter. Our opening drive was a long drive, ended in a nice Robbie Gold field goal to bring it within 17-10. Then after a Chris Conte interception, that's right folks, Chris Conti interception, uh, you know, making up for uh, missing the tackle that allowed a 47-yard run earlier in the game, but uh, you know, so he's, he's about even for the game as far as good versus bad, but uh, we'll talk about that Later, Um, the Bears were able to drive the football down the field. Uh, Brandon Marshall touchdown reception. Later, it's seventeen to seventeen. And in that quarter, we we started focusing more on the run. Matt Forte was a bigger part of the offense, and uh, you know he's been running the ball very effectively. Remember, this was the twenty eighth ranked uh rush defense a year ago and uh oh they're coming back now but uh it's tied at 17 17 the bears have the ball and we're driving so let's see if we can punish it off
1: <laughs> so chris conti had the interception that set up a uh, scoring drive uh for us and that 47 yard run that i was talking about um basically it, it we had buffalo pin back in their own Uh, territory i would say inside the inside the 10 at the at the very least and um a a busted you know it's you go back and you look at it and it it just it makes you wonder what exactly we're calling out there on defense with 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 mel tucker because when i looked at the play um the middle of the field should have been should not have been wide open it should not have been because if you know, cause they showed an end zone an end zone shot where the play was basically coming right at us. And on the line of scrimmage, Jay Ratliff had two guys. He was taking a, taking on a double team. Steven Paya had the other guard, you know, like the guard in the center where we're double teaming uh Jay Ratliff. The other guard was being occupied by Steven Pia, which should have left our linebackers basically untouched to get to the running back. Instead, there was nobody there in the second level, so Chris Conti had to come up and make the tackle, and we all know how fantastic he is at, at his pursuit angles when he's coming in from the third level to make a tackle. He misses the tackle, or basically makes a sorry-ass attempt at one because the tackle was broken, and 30-something yards later, we finally tackle Anthony Dixon around midfield. Now that drive stalled out, but it instead put the Bears deep in their own territory, inside their own inside the red zone on our own side. After we forced Buffalo to punt the ball, so you know it's it's things like that that ended up killing us. Buffalo, like I said, ended up with 193 yards rushing the ball because they had three guys over 50 yards rushing uh, on Sunday. Two, in fact, were over 60, and one was over 50 yards. Uh, on the ground so from three guys uh, neither of which who had much of an impressive day running the ball um, but everybody made their made their uh, impact in one way or another Fred Jackson as you hear me talk about in overtime uh, we get to talk about Chris Connie again but um, you know just just sickening but the thing is the third quarter went really well for the Bears we cut the deficit down we went ahead and 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 tied the the football game like I said we got Matt Forte going in the run game and as the third and the fourth quarter progressed it would look like Buffalo didn't game plan for Forte because whenever Forte came out of the backfield nobody was there to cover him whenever we got Forte the football uh you know Forte was what 12 carries for 87 yards in the game that's Way more than five yards of carry uh, on that one. I mean, he had a, a huge day as far as you know per, and he didn't have one of those big twenty-yard gains or or anything like that. It was uh you know to start the second or the third start the third or the fourth quarter, he had back to back like twelve-yard runs uh, to start off the a particular drive in one of the quarters, and you know it was just like well we should have been doing this from the beginning. <laughs> You know, because you heard me talk earlier on Forte's two carries for five yards after the first quarter, and it didn't really get much better than that before halftime. But uh, you know, we got Forte much more involved in the second half, and our offense started to move the ball a lot more easily. And and actually, the funny thing was, it became something, and I never mentioned it in any of the knee jerk reactions. So I'm kind of disappointed in myself, but we lost Garza and Slosson early in the game, like before halftime. So Brian De La Puente and and Michael Ola, are two backup uh, linemen, our only backup linemen, because the only other offensive lineman we have on the roster, uh, Charles Lino Jr., our seventh-round draft choice, was inactive uh, for the game this Sunday. So if anybody else went down, we're trying to get a tight end or a defensive lineman to learn how to play whatever position that we need, or we are seriously reshuffling the line, uh, so that uh, you know somebody like a defensive tackle has to play guard or something like that. It, uh, who only knows what would have happened uh, there? So, but uh, you know, but neither injury with with Ola or with excuse me with with uh, Garza or slawson is thought to be um, serious. They're having MRIs and everything done today, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. Alshon Jeffrey left the game with a hamstring. Uh, injury uh, sometime in the second half because he was uh, he was there when when Marshall caught his touchdown pass he was the one to greet him so he was playing in the second half and uh, you know Brandon Marshall himself they call it a knee injury but it looked more like a like a high ankle sprain to me uh, on one play but he ended up finishing uh, the game so it couldn't have been that bad so you know we got banged up uh, in this game. And despite it all, we were still able to run the ball well, and, and Forte was able to really get going uh, in the second half. He had 170 something yards of total offense uh, on the ground and through the air on Sunday. He was the leading receiver and the leading uh, you know rusher in the football game for both sides. So he had an outstanding game. We just didn't see enough of him uh, early on in the game, so that maybe you know this none of this would have been a problem uh, in the first place. But uh, third quarter was awesome. Fourth quarter, on the other hand, that was a different story.
2: Yeah. Okay, knee jerk reaction to the fourth quarter of the Bears and the Bills. And if not for our three turnovers in this game, it would be over. We would have won this one uh, not by an impressive margin, but rather easily. Uh, but because of a second Jay Cutler interception, the Bills were able to drive down the field, kick a field goal. The Bears, thankfully, were able to answer even though the uh, the referees chose uh, that third and one play, uh, a pass to Santonio Holmes where... He was wearing a backpack shaped like Corey Graham, more than five yards down the field, but no flag. Uh, they decide that, you know, they've called 87 of those penalties in this game and all of preseason, but not on that play when it was most obvious. So uh, Robbie Gold kicks the field goal to make it 20-20. Right now the coin toss is being done, and the Bears will take the ball. To start overtime, it's 20-20. to <laughs>
1: The play that I was talking about there with the uh, San Antonio Holmes, Corey Graham backpack thing was it was third and one. Uh, and we are in field goal territory. Uh, we're trying to at the very least tie the football game. And for some reason on third and one, we're throwing the ball. And This is what I was talking about with, with Tressman just being a little too clever for his own good sometimes. He wants to get the defense thinking one way while we do another. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, harkens back to the Detroit game at home last year where here we are we're trying to go for the two-point conversion to to tie the game and we have three tight ends a fullback and a running back on the field and we throw the ball and then you know after the stupid nick Fairley penalty gives us another shot or actually it's the opposite is yeah yeah we after the stupid Nick Fairley penalty gives us another shot, we have Marshall and Jeffrey out there. We have Martellus Bennett out there. You know, we look like we're in a pass formation. We try to run. We get stuffed for a loss and lose a game like we're trying to be too clever out there. Oh, well, we, you know, we passed when we had run personnel out there. Now we're going to put pass personnel and run because that's not what you think we're going to be doing. And instead they saw it coming from a mile away and stuffed us for it kind of the same mentality here third and one that's a running situation third and one is a running situation and Forte was having his way with the Buffalo Bills at this at this time and you heard me mention before now remember this is the 28th ranked rushing off defense from a year ago so running the ball should be option one on third down now unless Jay went to the line of scrimmage saw something that he liked and wanted to throw the ball instead who knows But third and one, that is a running situation. uh, Matt Forte was having a much easier time running the ball in the second half. Like he was, you know, like Forte's in amazing shape, obviously, because he looked like he was just getting started as the game was winding down. So where most people seem like they're running out of gas, Forte seems to be just hitting his peak. So, uh, you know, in that situation, we should have been looking to run the ball. Instead, we try to pass. And regardless of it, uh Santonio Holmes was there. Corey Graham was wrestling with him, basically, and downfield. They're way more than five yards down the field, and Corey Graham is molesting him and there was no call. We kick the field goal, we go to overtime. So um, you know, that was two disappointing things. Right? Number one, the play call. Number two, the fact that uh, you know, the referees have been nuts with the uh with the penalties. Uh, you know, trying to enforce that five-yard rule uh, on defense, and they don't call it there when it was pretty obvious what was, uh, you know, what was going on. So um, on to the interception now. Another third-and-one situation. Again, we're throwing the ball instead of running. Now Jay is rolling out to his right side. It's obvious the way that the play was supposed to go did not go that way because Jay is, number one, he has all day to throw the ball. He was only sacked once, and it was uh, Mario Williams beating Jordan Mills off the the ball, period. Just one of those things. Williams is an all-pro. Jordan Mills, second-year player, hadn't played the entire preseason. It happened early on in the football game, never happened again. As a matter of fact, you know, Jay was sacked twice, but he, those were the, really the only times Jay was under pressure throughout the entire football game. The pass, pass offense or pass protection was outstanding, even with De La Puente and Ola in the game for most of it. Um, you know, Jay's rolling to his right, rolling to his right. He can't find anything. And two things you're not supposed to do as a quarterback, and I learned this in flag football when I, of all people, was the quarterback two things you don't do as a quarterback you don't throw across your body and you don't throw across the field Jay Cutler did both of those things and threw an interception to a defensive tackle a defensive tackle the guy's been in the league nine years he's never had an interception in his life until Sunday when he intercepted Jay Cutler on third and one So, of course, Jay comes out in the press conference, you know, and shoulda, coulda, woulda, says he woulda thrown the ball away, obviously. Throw the ball away. Our defense was playing well. The defense played well in the second half. As a matter of fact, if not for the turnovers and the short fields, the defense actually played fairly well on Sunday. I I mean, regardless of the 193 rushing yards, which which is actually worse than our 160 yards a game average from a year ago, but... Despite that, the defense did play well on Sunday, or played better than we'd expect them to. Would have liked a bit more of a pass rush from these guys than we paid all this money to, but that's neither here nor there uh, at this point. Uh, you know, the defense was playing well, especially at that point in the game. Throw the ball away, punt the ball. It was tied at that point. It was a seventeen seventeen game. Punt the ball away. Let the defense do its job. Get you the ball back. We'll try it again, kind of thing. You know, but instead throws the interception, the Bills drive that down the field to kick the field goal to take the lead with about four minutes to go and we end up having to come back and thankfully we were able to answer uh, to send it into overtime. So, as you heard me say, the Bears won the coin toss and they started with the football in overtime, but as we know it didn't go the way we wanted.
2: Knee jerk reaction to the Bears and the Bills in overtime and after going nowhere with our drive to start the overtime period the Buffalo Bills drive the ball down the field drive it all the way down to the one yard line thanks to a big run from Fred Jackson where he made Chris Conte look like an absolute fool Uh, he broke the run and was running down the sidelines Conte got to him at about say the 15-ish yard line shakes off the first attempt at Conte then pushes him down as he rolls over top of Chris County, pushed out uh, at the one-yard line. The Bills kick the field goal to win the game and send the Bears to an 0-1 record to start the season, and uh, we get to look forward to going to San Francisco uh, with an 0-1 record uh, in a stadium, or actually, not that stadium, but we haven't won in San Francisco since 1987. Really looking forward to seeing how we're going to pull that one off. So The Bears lose It If it wasn't for the turnovers, uh, we might have actually won this thing, but uh, it didn't play out that way, so we'll never know.
1: (laughs) And here's the thing about that run with Fred Jackson there at the end. Like I said, he broke the run. Big, wide gaping hole, wondering where the hell our linebackers were again. They were non-existent in this football game. There was a stat that I read last night. We played four linebackers. I'm guessing we're talking about McClellan, Bostick, Williams, and Briggs. Those are probably the four guys that played. Eight tackles between the four of them against the team that ran us for 193 yards on Sunday. Our linebackers were nowhere. I mean, actually, it makes a ton of sense that if our linebackers between four people had eight tackles... You would believe that they they actually had a decent day uh, running the football. So I don't know what the hell's going on with the linebacking core. You know, I'm not exactly putting placing all the blame on the linebackers themselves. You know, some of the blame has to go on Tucker because his guys are obviously out of position. You know, he's either making them read something. That's completely wrong. Like if so-and-so does this, you go here, and it's taking them out of position every time, or he's putting them in a position to not be where the play actually takes place. It's unbelievable to watch our linebacking core, which used to be the pride and joy of the defense, the linebacking core, wither to what it is uh, right now with the level of play that we're getting uh, out of these guys despite the talent that is in the linebacking core right now. It's just – it's – It's saddening is what it is. Now, Fred Jackson, like I said, breaks through the line of scrimmage. No linebacker to be seen anywhere. Uh, Makes it down the field. They're obviously in field goal range. Conti comes up. Now, he said in the postgame press conference he was trying to make him fumble because they had the field goal anyway. Now, that would make sense if he was Peanut Tillman. And specialized in knocking the ball out of his hands or anything like that. As far as I know, Chris Connie's never forced a fumble in his entire life. So I don't know why he would pick that moment of all moments to try uh, and and force the first one. You know, he's probably recovered a fumble or two, but he's never forced one to my knowledge. And why he picked that moment to do it, I'll never know. Uh, it's, you know, instead of going for the tackle, because uh, like I said, he. It was about the 15-20 yard line when they first made contact because he pushes Chris Connie off the first time and then the second time actually pushes Chris Connie back to where Chris Connie fell on his ass and then falls straight backwards flat on his back as Fred Jackson tries to to dive over him to get into the end zone. The other safety, I believe, was Mundy, you know, is the one that kind of forced the trajectory to out of bounds at the one yard line. As opposed to just barreling over Conti and running into the uh, end zone, I mean it made Conti look like the biggest fool and the biggest buster on the planet. I mean it made him look so so bad for a guy that really really needs to do needed to do something to win over his home fan base. Because number one, the fact that he's still on the team is almost looked upon as an insult to most Bear fans. It's like why is this guy still here after the year he had last year, not to mention being responsible for the biggest blunder that cost the season to end last year? Here he is, and he's starting. What the hell, you know? But it's just like, oh, my God, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, to make him look the way that he did uh, last yesterday was just, just so sad. And, you know, Buffalo uh, ran one play to center it. They went from the the left hashed and EJ Manuel kneeled it in in the middle of the field. It was a chip shot field goal went right through the uprights, no problem. But if if Connie tries to tackle Fred Jackson right where or push him out of bounds, because it was right along the sideline, if he tries to tackle him or push him out of bounds right when they make initial contact, it's somewhere between the 15 and 20 yard line. Now it's still only going to be about a 33. 34-yard field goal, but it beats the hell out of an extra point attempt, which is basically what that field goal was. You know, there's a lot more degree of difficulty when you're 15, 20 yards down the field. So, he said he was trying to go for the turnover because they had the field goal anyway. Um and, you know, he just shows what a moron he is and how he at this point really deserves the animosity that he gets from us bear fans. So, yeah anyway that happened the bears dropped the game they go to 0-1 against buffalo we're going into san francisco and yeah we'll talk more about that in the preview episode on thursday i really don't feel like talking about it right now because it just makes me sad Uh, especially after the way that san francisco kind of tore through uh, dallas yesterday um you know it wasn't the biggest margin of victory 28 to 17 over the Cowboys, but it was 21-3 to after the first quarter because Romo was turning the football over uh, like crazy uh, yesterday, and uh, the, the 49ers were capitalizing on it, period. So if we have a day uh, next Sunday like we did against Buffalo, we'll get murdered by San Francisco, plain and simple. But um, anyway, it was uh, extremely difficult. It was a shoulda, coulda, woulda game because had we not – had the turnovers, I don't think Buffalo would have had the points. They wouldn't have been able to beat us. It just wouldn't happen. So Disappointing, but it's only week one. We got 15 more of these bad boys to go, so a lot of time to, uh, to uh, improve upon that. So uh, everybody needs to calm down as far as hitting the panic button or anything like that. It was one game. It was a bad game. And you know what? It was week one. These kinds of things happened to week one. You know what else happened yesterday? The Miami Dolphins beat the piss out of New England yesterday. The, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars went up 17-0 on Philadelphia before Philly had to come back to win the game. Uh, Pittsburgh went up 27-10 to 10 on Cleveland. Cleveland came back and tied it, and the, the Steelers had to kick a field goal to win that game yesterday. It's week one. Crazy things happen on week one. Because this is the game that you get to prepare for the most coming into the season, it's the game that you're looking forward to the most, and so on. So it's just one of those things. Yeah, it sucked. No, we should not have lost, but it's only week one. We got 15 more to go, and I don't think that this uh, really says who we're going to be this year, Also, although it doesn't leave a good taste uh, in anybody's mouth. So that's going to do it for the review segment. The Bears drop it 23-20 to in overtime to the Buffalo Bills. What do you say we go ahead and wrap everything up with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for this week one matchup against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, let's go ahead and dive right in on the positive side of things. Bear up to Matt Forte, an outstanding game he had for us. 17 carries, 82 yards rushing. Uh, good for 4.8 yards a carry. Eight catches for 87 yards through the air. Uh, no touchdowns, though, unfortunately. But, uh you know, right there, that's uh, 169 yards in total offense uh, from one player, and majority of that was in the second half. That's when we really got things going uh, with him uh, on Sunday, was in the third and fourth quarters. Like uh, Buffalo didn't realize he was still on the team or something like that, but, uh, you know, maybe factor that in and, and help us have a little bit more success against San Francisco on, on Sunday night. Uh bear down to our linebacking core. Four guys played the entire game and combined for eight tackles. And like I said earlier, I don't know if it's if it's a combination of things, if these guys are making the wrong reads and everything. Lance Briggs took responsibility for the big run from Anthony Dixon, the one where, where Chris Conti missed that tackle. And, you know, it would have been a, probably like a 10- or 12-yard gain if Conti makes the tackle, but he doesn't, and it ends up being a 47-yard gain uh, after the, the tackle is broken. But Briggs said he made the wrong read and was out of position, and basically where he should have been standing is where Anthony Dixon broke through the second level to get into the third level and down the field for 40 yards. So, you know, if, if, if they're making the wrong reads or if Mel Tucker is make, just putting them out of position. Whatever the reason, four, eight, four guys should combine for a hell of a lot more than eight tackles, especially when you're going against last year's number two rushing offense. Number two in the league last year running the football should have been a point of emphasis for us going into this thing defensively, and instead we give up 193 yards on the ground where uh, C.J. Spiller had... 53 yards Uh, Anthony Dixon had 46 yards Fred Jackson had 61 yards so you know Spiller was the workhorse. he had 15 carries for three and a half yards a carry but uh, you know Dixon and Jackson had the big runs one for 47 yards that run that got us that got them down to the one yard line was a 38 yard run uh, for Fred Jackson so they got the majority of their yardage in chunks on one big play but it was enough uh to do the damage so bear down to the linebacking core for whatever reason weren't there when we needed them on sunday so bear up to two guys uh brian de la puente and michael Ola, who came in uh for relief uh for the injured uh roberto garza for the injured matt Slawson and you wouldn't know the difference honestly uh no disrespect to slosson or garza but these guys played outstanding uh, Jay Cutler, you know, wasn't early under pressure throughout the entire football game. We ended up giving up two sacks in the game. Uh, one was a straight up rush and Mario Williams, boom, he just got there. The other one was a little bit more of a hanging on to the football a little too long and they were eventually able to get to him uh, kind of sack. So more of a coverage sack on the second one. But Ola and De La Puente played the majority of the football game. Ola more than De La Puente, he played more of the game. Slosser went out earlier than Garza did, but, you know, like I said, you'd never know that backups were in the game. They played outstanding, both of them. Bear down to Jay Cutler. He was the leading passer in the game, 34-49, 341 yards and two touchdowns, but those two picks were killer, and they were both bad throws, bad decisions uh, made on Jay's part that resulted in, I believe, 10 points. Um... I believe so, yeah. No, 30, yeah, thir- 10. It was 10 points uh, because the interception, the first one to Martellus Bennett where Corey Graham almost ran it back for a touchdown, that was a one-play drive for the Bills when they scored to go up 17-7. And then the second one was the field goal that uh, put Buffalo up 20-17 to that we had to answer for. So, um, you know, even though he had an outstanding day throwing the ball for the most part, those two interceptions were the difference in the game, period. Uh, without those two picks uh actually without the last one because that was the that was bonehead football 101 stuff like I said I learned in flag football in seventh grade you don't throw across your body you don't throw across the field he did both of those things on the same play and that's what happened when you have a defensive lineman pick you off like that that's just terrible just terrible. So. Bear down to Jay. I'm not even going to put him on the bear-up list for throwing for 350. Uh, bear up to Martellus Bennett, who had an outstanding game, got a lot more looks uh, than we're used to seeing him get. Uh, eight catches, 70 yards, and the first touchdown uh, of the season for our beloved Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing from Martellus Bennett. I'm, I'm liking that I'm seeing him get a bit more attention uh, from Jay Cutler. It was nice to see him spread the ball around actually so Forte had eight catches Marshall had eight catches Jeffrey had five and he didn't play most of the second half Bennett had eight catches as well Santonio Holmes had two catches you know so spreading the ball around a lot more is what we wanted to see and I think that um you know the the time that they spent in the offseason uh training together with Forte and excuse me with with Marshall and Jeffrey and Bennett and Marquise Wilson hopefully he'll be able to come back this year but the time that they spent together in the offseason uh jay's got a level of comfort with all of them as opposed to having the man crush on uh marshall and only throwing to the other guys when they're when marshall is an open kind of thing so martellus bennett did fantastic uh, in the football game uh, also um, brandon marshall did very well makes the bear up list eight catches 71 yards and the second touchdown uh, in the football game and I'm more so giving him the bear up for his heart because he did have the injury um, you know he came off the field and went and got taped up he came back and there was a, a play uh, you know a few plays later he comes out and runs a slant route across the middle of the field and he had to kind of jump up to get it a little bit and when he pushed off on that foot or that ankle or whatever was ailing him you saw him come down favoring the leg like that was the reason he didn't catch it was because the the pain got to him or something but he came back he finished the game uh had a big catch on third and 10 he made a catch for about 15 yards that helped contribute to us scoring the um the final field goal that tied the game and sent it to overtime so bear down finally last one to chris conti Missed the tackle on the big run uh, for Anthony Dixon and then thought he was peanut Tillman and was trying to strip the ball when making the tackle at about the 15, 20-yard line, wherever it was, uh, would have made it a much longer field goal attempt. He decided to concede the yardage and try to force the turnover. So um, horrible, horrible decision uh, that had a horrible end result and one that was embarrassing for him because not only did he get pushed off the first time he tried, he got pushed off and flat on his back uh, after the second failed attempt. So it was just just bad decisions all around from Kisconti. And like I said, this guy could use some goodwill uh, in Chicago, but he's doing absolutely nothing to earn it. So, I mean, like I said, he, he had that interception in the third quarter, made a great play there, but made it easily forgotten with the other mistakes that he made. Uh, in the football game so uh, I hear the Bears have already gone out and signed a new safety Uh, his name is Ahmed Dixon signed him off the practice squad of the Minnesota Vikings not sure how that's going to factor into this Sunday against San Francisco but (laughs) the Bears aren't Emery's not messing around he's going out and fixing something he did not like uh, on Sunday so uh, we'll see I mean it hasn't been officially announced by the Bears yet so there hasn't been a corresponding roster move at this point, so we'll uh, probably talk more about that on the preview episode uh, on Thursday on what the consequences of that signing are, but uh, somebody's head's going to roll, and we'll have to see who that is. So that's going to do it for the week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come back on Thursday when we will preview the impending doom of our trip to San Francisco, and I believe that we can beat the San Francisco 49ers I believe we can do it I will not be picking us to win that game and (laughs) you know we've got the talent, we can definitely do it we definitely do it we just have to be able to put it together it's just the fact that we're playing in San Francisco and I don't like our chances in San Francisco so that's it we'll talk about it on Thursday in more depth and uh, until then my name is Larry D, thanks so much for listening to the
2: Chicago Bears review.
0: I live for the minute. I live for the day. Doing my thing, and you're doing your own. Yeah. Do what I wanna, yeah. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table.